Okay, before we get started, I would like for David to come up here and Christian. Um, Amy's not here. We drew your names last week for a devotional. David, this is for y'all. And I hope y'all enjoy them. Let's give them a hand. Tyler's giving you a little handout that's got our scriptures on it and a couple of other things that I wanted you to have to keep for tonight. But um, y'all, please pray for my husband. He's got a real deep, croupy cough, and he's pitiful. And um, But you know he's sick when he doesn't eat. He hasn't eaten for two days, <laughs> so you know he's sick. He went to the doctor yesterday. So pray for him. And remember this weekend... We've got a, a first time for our church evangelist, Brother Josh Carney, and his family that's going to be in church with us. Brother Carney, from what I've heard, is a fireball evangelist. He's a young man. Um, he's, he was Jonathan Haney's best friend growing up. That's how we met them. And um, so they will be in church with us this Sunday. So if you've got somebody you've been witnessing to that you want to bring to church, um, a lot of people get the Holy Ghost in his revivals. So be in prayer for the services Sunday and bring somebody. Amen? All right. Um, it looks like the grants are here. Aiden, come up here and receive your gift. We drew Amy's name last week. Um, just keep those in case somebody else comes in late. Um, did y'all get one of those? Okay. Okay. Um, well, next week is Thanksgiving, and um, it's a time where we spend time with our families. We eat too much and all that kind of good stuff. But it's also a sad time for a lot of people. Um, we've had several members of our church that have lost loved ones this year. Christian just lost her, her grandfather. And, of course, Brother Blackie, Kristen lost her mother this year. So there's, there's been a lot of deaths. Uh, Alicia lost her, her stepmom. Um, am I leaving anybody out? John Ellen, she's not here. John Ellen has, okay. John Ellen, I was just talking about you. <laughs> John Ellen just lost her companion. We're talking about people that have lost loved ones this year. So even though Thanksgiving is a holiday and Christmas, and it's a time for uh, to be with family and to have a good time and to celebrate a lot of people, it's going to be hard for them this year. So keep those people in your prayers. And also, um, I don't know how many of you know Brother and Sister Powell, our district secretary for um, the Texas district. And Sister Powell just passed away. Her funeral was Monday. And um, so it's going to be a difficult season for some people. I was talking to my sister on the phone last week, and she was having a hard day. I think every day is a hard day. Ryan's been dead for four years. And she said, I'm just so angry. She said, all these people are out shopping and getting ready for Christmas and having a good time. And she said, 
and it just, she said, it's not a happy time for me, you know. And um, so it, it's different for people that are grieving. So let's, let's keep all of those people in our prayers um, this holiday season. Now, our lesson tonight is on thankfulness, which goes right along with our lessons that we've been studying about worship. But before I start the lesson, let me just remind you that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon, and he's coming for a bride, the church, the ones that have made themselves ready. Are you making yourself ready? If you're not ready, get ready. So we've been studying about worship. And so tonight we're talking about thankfulness. And do you know that it's hard to worship without a thankful attitude? In fact, true worship begins with a thankful heart. Now, let's look at your handout. All the scriptures are on your handout. I want you to read it with me. Let's read Ephesians 5. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. So, giving thanks for all things. Have you ever noticed that grumpy people don't sing? <laughs> really? It's hard to be in a bad mood and sing. Unless you're singing some really sad, depressing song, I guess. <laughs> but singing spiritual songs is a means of edification, teaching, giving thanks, and praying. Singing is an expression of joy. I love to sing in my private prayer time. And I love to pray to devotional type, inspirational music. I've got CDs that the songs all say what I want to say to the Lord. And it puts me in a mood, in a spirit of prayer. And when I pray, I can hardly ever pray without tears. But it's not tears of sadness. It's tears of joy because of all the Lord has done for me. Let's read 1 Thessalonians. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to be in the will of God? Be thankful. We're told to give thanks for all things and in everything. Gratitude does not come naturally for us. We're naturally self-centered. It's a discipline of the will. It's not based on an abundance of blessings or the circumstances we find ourselves in. Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf, said, I thank God for my handicaps, for through them... I have found myself, my work, and my God. Her attitude is a good example of thankfulness. 
Many spiritual and psychological problems are symptoms of an ungrateful attitude. Self-pity, depression, worry, anger, frustration, resentment. Don't raise your hand, but does anybody in here have any of these symptoms? Or have had them before? I've joked about it for years, but it's true. The Sistrunk family could all have negative for their middle name. They're those half-empty kind of people. <laughs> My dad's mom lost both her parents at a very young age and was raised by her older siblings. She married young, had seven children, one which died as an, as an infant, then became a widow at age 36. Her life was hard and tumultuous, to say the least. And she was one of the most fearful and negative people I've ever known. She passed those traits right on to her children. And bless God, they passed them right on to us. But as a born-again Christian, you have every expectation to receive deliverance and freedom from every bondage in your life. I can testify to that. It's hard to have faith and be fearful at the same time. It's hard to sing and rejoice with a negative attitude. Or you come to church mad at each other. I, I'm guilty. In my young married life, honey, all you had to do was look at me at church and you could tell what was going on at home because I wore it all over my face like a mask. Yeah, it, it's hard to come to church and worship God when, when, you've been mad, when you're mad, when things are going bad at home, been bad at work, you've had a bad day, you're tired, the bills are due, there ain't enough money, you come to church, it, it's hard. But we have to get past all that because, remember, it's not about me. It's about him and what he deserves. Your children learn everything from you. You are their most influential teacher. I told you last week, the greatest spiritual awakening I had was when my first child was born. I struggled, struggled, struggled with fears mostly unfounded and negativity for years. I didn't know how to break out of it. It was like ingrained, like I was born with it. It was bred into me. I learned it. It seemed like my prayers got me nowhere until God so graciously showed me that my problem wasn't other people. It wasn't even my husband, which I thought it was. <laughs> wasn't other people. It wasn't circumstances. The problem was my attitude. When the Lord showed me that I was a self-righteous, stinking person, I was shocked. Me? 
but I try to do everything right. You know what? If you really want to know what's in your heart, because the Bible says the heart is wicked and who can know it? Sometimes we don't know what's in our heart. Sometimes we don't know how we come across to our family members, our spouse, our children, people at church. We, they may see things in us that we don't see. But if you sincerely ask God to show you, get ready, because he will. Thank goodness. Let's read 2 Timothy. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Now, what's the root issue in all of these sins listed in this scripture? Self-love. The focus on me, not on God. When we're focused on ourselves, we become hard-hearted and proud. We take for granted all God has given us, and we become our own gods. You want fellowship with God? All you have to do is this. Your self-will must be broken and surrendered to God. It's hard to do. It's hard to give up control. We want to be in control. Surrender. That's the hard part. Total surrender. But once you surrender, it becomes so easy. It sets you free from the struggle. You know how I know? Because it happened to me. It brings freedom and joy to your spirit. Being set free births a grateful attitude in your heart because you know what God has done. You know when you've been set free. It's easy to give thanks when your life has been redeemed from destruction. Let's read Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. How can you not be thankful when God has done so much for us? He redeemed my life from destruction more than once. It doesn't matter how you're raised, what mindset you've been trained into. The Word of God and the Holy Ghost within you has the power and potential to transform your life, your perspective, and everything about you. We have to let it, though. We have to want it. 
We have to seek for it. We have to pray for it. We have to read the word and apply it for it to work. Would you describe yourself as a thankful person? Let's look at some signs of ungratefulness. This is on your handout. One sign is fear. Because pride is at the root of fear and anxiety. When we refuse to rest in God's sovereign care, fear reveals our lack of trust and our poisonous self-reliance. We fear because we don't have faith in the Lord. We are enormously preoccupied with ourselves, and we want to be in control. Well, I sure wanted to be in control. But when I couldn't control the people in my house, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Yeah, it's hard for women. We want to control our house, our kids, our husband, everybody. We need to fit in a neat little box, and when they don't, we go nuts. (laughs) That's what's so wonderful about serving God, though, because we can surrender control. Because he does a much better job than we do on fixing everybody. Our envy. People who envy are never satisfied or content. Because they're constantly comparing what they don't have to what others do have. So that reduces your ability to appreciate the blessing in your own life. Entitlement. Now, we all know what entitlement is because this is a generation of entitlement. People who believe they deserve certain privileges, they tend to experience life through a series of demands. Y'all know what entitlement is, okay? I hope nobody in here feels entitled, but sometimes our children do. Our children very much feel entitled. I mean... um, what, what, what is it with kids that feel like they should be paid for doing chores? They ought to do anyway, even without being asked. Because of entitlement. Complaining. If we don't get what we want, if we're incon- inconvenienced in any way, we feel it is our right to complain. But the main reason God punished the Israelites was because of their murmuring and complaining. Never satisfied. Always longing for more. And for Americans, this is is a huge problem. (laughs) We're never satisfied. We've always got to have bigger, better, everything, more, more. But we're never happy. We're never content. We're never satisfied. So this affects, it affects the church just like it affects the world. Expectation. Ingratitude is a result of unreasonable or inappropriate expectations, like expecting others to read my mind, expecting others to drop everything to accommodate my needs before theirs, and expecting others to give, give, give when I offer nothing in return. We all have unmet expectations. And what about when God doesn't meet our expectations? The way we thought he would. The medical test comes back positive. The spouse wants a divorce. A child is wayward. The mortgage company calls in the loan. 
what about this? What if we face persecution one day? A lot of people are facing it right now in other countries. And what if we have to face persecution? Are we going to give up on God because he doesn't meet all our expectations? Hebrews 13, 15 says, Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. When we bring a sacrifice of praise, we choose to believe that no matter what our circumstances, God is still good and he can still be trusted. When we choose to praise God in spite of the storms, he is honored and our faith grows deeper. So every now and then, we need to do a heart check and some soul searching to see how we're doing in these areas. Because we're all naturally self-centered. Nobody's exempt from it. You know, babies even know they're, they're so self-centered. Did y'all see uh did y'all see Sunday morning Mathis throwing that fit in the aisle? I was so embarrassed. Ooh. But he didn't get his way. And I couldn't even hold him. He was bucking and kicking so bad. We don't have to teach children to be selfish. It just comes natural. But it, it comes natural to us too. Gratefulness is something we learn. Um, and it's a proven fact that grateful people report higher levels of happiness and optimism along with lower levels of depression and stress. Did you know that? A study proved that. Psalm 92 says, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. All right, let's read Colossians 3. Let's read it out loud together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And Psalm 105, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Because we learn from these two scriptures that when you learn to be thankful, you're going to have the peace of God in your hearts. You're also going to have joy. Let them rejoice that seek the Lord. When you learn to be thankful and give thanks unto God, it will bring peace and joy into your life. But how can we teach our children gratitude in this age of entitlement? This is on your handout. The main thing you can do is lead by example because they're watching you. But here are some other things you can do. Work gratitude into your daily conversations. Have the kids help. Find a goodwill project. And I didn't mean to put Ken in the Sunday school shoes on your handout. But let me just tell you that story. 
let your kids help you do something for somebody else, like make cupcakes for a sick neighbor or something. But um, this kind of puts things in perspective. When we were living in that mobile home on the church parking lot, we didn't have hardly two pennies to rub together. And um, the Lord provided. We didn't go hungry. I, even when I couldn't buy cabbage, the Lord provided me some cabbage. But there were times that we would take the young people somewhere to a youth rally or something, and we'd have to tell Ken and Shay, when we go to McDonald's after church, don't order anything but a Coke because we didn't have the money to eat at McDonald's. There were so many times Ken wanted to go to the Y and play ball with some of the other guys from the church. And what, what did it cost to go to the Y? $2. There was times we didn't have $2 to let him go to the Y. And so... You know, it was hard on my kids because we'd never been well off, but we usually could eat at McDonald's if we wanted to. Um, so one day I took Ken with me visiting some Sunday school kids, and we visited a, a house that the lady said she had a bunch, of kids, a whole bunch of kids. I don't know how many she had, and um, she said they couldn't come to church because one little girl had no shoes, and so. I said, well, we can fix that. So I got paper out of my car. We traced her foot off on this piece of paper and went down to Payless and bought two pairs of shoes, hoping one would fit, and one did. And another kid wore the other ones, and they all came to church for a while after that. But I'll never forget what Ken said. It made such an impression on him. He said, wow, Mama, we're rich, aren't we? great object lesson I said yes son we are so we need to teach our kids um, by by letting them help us do things nice things for other people insist on thank you notes practice saying no that's the hard thing to do I it's hard for me to say no to my grandkids especially when they want something because I want them to have everything they want but but when they get everything they want, they don't know how to appreciate things. So we need to say no to some things and be patient because you can't expect gratitude to develop overnight. Now, this is a short lesson, and I, I made it short on purpose because y'all been listening to me, but now I want to hear from some of you. We're talking about thankfulness, and I'd like for y'all, if you feel it on your heart, for somebody to just stand up and share what you're thankful for this year. Mary. Oh, yes. Mary was having a lot of arthritis pain in her hands, and she prayed and asked the Lord to touch her hands, and the pain is gone. And it's been gone for how long? How long has that been? Two weeks. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else have a testimony? Alicia?
alcohol schools in his family if they're still here. <laughs> well, I, you know what I started to do? I started to have everybody put their name in a pot and we could draw names out. So we could do that. Brother Myers? sharing with us, Brother Myers. That was incredible testimony. Now, that doesn't just happen. But when when you were talking, I was think of a, thinking of a song that, um, of course, everything takes me to a song, but there's a song that says, when you can't see his hand, trust his heart. You know, because God is looking out for us. That doesn't mean he shields us from anything painful. Barbie?
thankful too, and it's and I've said it before, but it's been really in the hardest trials, the darkest times of my life that God has come through in such a real personal way that I've been astounded at God. I've been I could never walk away from God because of the things He's done for me in my life. And He's no respecter of persons. And what He does for one, He will do for all. You just have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to seek after him. But when you belong to God, you don't have to fear these things. You know, it, it is, it's scary. It's scary when you go through things with your kids. It's scary. It's A lot of things are scary. It's not to say that you don't, if you don't get scared, if you get scared, that means you don't have faith. That's not true. But God understands our emotions. He gave them to us, you know. Um, but it's those emotions sometimes that we finally reach our wits end. We finally reach a place where we say, God, I give up. I, I can't do this by myself. I can't do it anymore. Whatever happens, it's up to you. That's where God wants us to be. He wants us to totally trust him with every situation we deal with in our lives. That's how we learn to trust. Anybody else? Ashley? God saw you as that little girl struggling, Ashley. He saw you. He knew exactly what you were going through, and he was preparing you for a ministry because you have one now. And that's, that's the way God does things. You know, I remember when, when Ashley first got the Holy Ghost and Jessica and Thomas came to church, Ashley was nine and Emily was how old? Eleven? Ten. And... Uh, we gave the altar call, and, and Jessica comes to the altar. She's sobbing. So here comes these two little girls following right behind her. They fall down at the altar, and they're sobbing. I think, oh, isn't that sweet? They're, they, they're crying because their mama's crying. But then Jessica gets up, Emily gets up, and Ashley's still praying with all her heart. And I realize I go over there, and she's got stammering lips. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, she's about to receive the Holy Ghost. So I gave her a little bit of instruction she starts speaking in tongues and Thomas did this honestly his jaw fell open he didn't know what was happening never seen that before and and so we we asked uh I asked Jessica I said could would you let her get baptized and she said I guess I, and so I asked Ashley do you want to get baptized you know you're you're receiving the Holy Ghost now. All you got to do is get baptized in Jesus' name. Blah blah blah. She said yes. We took her up, baptized her. They took her home, speaking in tongues. And and Ashley was real into Harry Potter stuff. And a few months later, Jessica comes to me about it and wants to know should she be looking at this. At the time, I wasn't that familiar with it, but um. They brought me some, I talked to Ashley, I said, bring me some of your stuff and let me look at it, read it, whatever. And uh, she had some 
DVDs, and I, I didn't have to watch much, and I knew she shouldn't be watching it. So if your kids are watching Harry Potter, you need to get rid of it because it's witchcraft. Don't play with the devil's toys. And um, Ashley had a hard time giving up that. It really, she loved it. She was really into it. And she fought some spiritual battles. I'm talking about evil spirits coming against her. But I'm telling you, she won because she had the Holy Ghost and the Lord helped her. Um, and because of those spiritual battles that she fought as a teenager, you know, she's been victorious and, and God has blessed her with a ministry and a husband who has a ministry. And, and, you know, all these things, I'd say nothing is wasted in God's economy. She was willing to lay that down because I told her to, being obedient. And, you know, the thing of it is, is uh, Satan is our enemy. And he will use every trick in the book to, to, to spoil you, to, to trap you, to ensnare you, to make you fall. Um, when I was, I was going through a time of depression myself, um, and I would literally feel hands on my back pushing me. At church, if I sat in the balcony, I heard this voice saying, just jump. Just end your troubles right now. At work, I worked on the 13th floor at the Standard Life building. I'd go to the ladies' restroom. The window was up. I'd stand there and look out the window. I would feel these hands on my back pushing me, saying, just jump. Just end it all. It's not worth it. Life's too hard. And I was fighting evil spirits, you know, but I had the Holy Ghost. And through all of that, I learned to hear the voice of God. And and so we we can't be too careful with ourselves or with our children of what we allow in our homes because evil spirits are real. There is a power, an evil force out there that's trying. Well, look at look at America. Look look at the progression we've made. It's like a runaway freight train going deeper and darker into the evil and the perverse and and the family is falling apart and and well you know what i'm saying so we have to we have to keep our minds fixed on god we have to focus on what's important because everything in this world is against you being saved you know there's so much pressure from the outside for us to just cave in and quit and give up. and But the truth is, you know what the truth is, Brother Myers? The truth is we've had it too easy. We've had it so easy in this country. Even in the church, we are so spoiled. We've been so blessed that we don't know how to appreciate the blessings of God. So you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that God has been lenient with us and he's still given us time to get things right and we still have freedom in this country to come to church and worship God because it's quickly changing. It's quickly changing. And in preparing this lesson for tonight, I thought, God, 
You know, it's so easy for me to say, oh, I love God. I'm so thankful for all the things he's done in my life. Yes, I've been through trials. I've been through some hard things. But I've never faced a firing squad saying, deny him or we're going to take your life. I've never faced them saying, you deny him or we're going to kill your child. And I just pray that I will be strong if that's ever required of me, that I'll be strong in that day, knowing that our life is like a vapor, the Bible says. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And like one missionary that got killed um, in Iran, I think it was, um, that I showed you all the video of his wife. He said, well, we only die once. We might as well die for Christ. I hope that I can be that strong. So I'm thankful for freedom. Anybody else? we got about five minutes. John.
some sermon tips in that God is good yes stand together. Let's just thank the Lord for his goodness and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness, your tender mercies toward us, Lord. All the things you brought us through, 
And, God, we pray, Lord, that you would make us strong in the year ahead, God. Help us, Lord, to put you first, to focus on you, God, in our families, in our private lives, and in our family lives, God. Help us this year to re-consecrate ourselves to you and to your purpose for us being here. We thank you for the privilege of knowing you. We are a privileged people. We are the people of your name. We have been blood-bought. We've been washed in your blood. We've been forgiven. We've been set free. We've been set on the, the road to life. And we thank you for that, God. Help us never to lose sight, Lord, of all the good things that you've done for every one of us. Help us to pull together as a church body, Lord, to become all that you would have us to be. Help us to bear one another's burdens. Help us to pray for each other. The ones that are going through trials right now, we know who they are. Help us to pray for them, to feel their burdens, God, to be moved with compassion in our hearts for other people and their needs and the things they're going through right now. Help us to remember to pray for each other's children, Lord. Some of our children are still out there, Lord, lost without you, God. And we know, Lord, that time is ticking. The clock is ticking and time is running out, God. And help us to have an urgency in our prayers, God, when we pray for these that are out. God, we thank you, Lord, that you hear every prayer. You never forget our heart prayers, God, and we thank you for that. Thank you for all these testimonies tonight because it has built my faith, Lord, and I hope that it's built everyone's faith here tonight because you are still a prayer-answering God. You still are able to work miracles, whether it's healing, financial, it doesn't matter what it is, God, and we believe you and we trust you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us, God. And the links that you go to, Lord, to show your personal love and care to each one of us. Bless all these families that are represented here tonight, God. Help us, Lord, to develop grateful hearts and to worship you with thankfulness in our hearts, God. And we thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for this service. And we ask you to go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.